We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Myself, Mark Crossroad, Lou Stagner, and Greg Chalmers. We're going to be talking tonight about a common issue with golfers: how to adjust mid-round when you lose your golf swing, when it all starts going wrong. After you know you've had such a good front nine, and then it starts collapsing. I reckon Lou's probably got some answers for this one. It should be a fun episode. <laughs> Lou and Greg, welcome. Lou, this is your suggestion of, of pod, and I think you're just after some personal advice again. And Greg, there's no point you even being here, is there, for this one? Losing swings <laughs> mid-round. Oh, I don't know about that. You're a top 10. <laughs> I don't know, you're just, you're, you know, you're one of the world's greatest, and it doesn't happen. But Lou... Mark, Mark I'm coming off the top 10, <laughs> but I want you guys to still just treat me the same. <laughs> Look, I'm still same old humble Greg. <laughs> My first top 10 in like 4,000 years. <laughs> Just treat me the same. It's probably improved your stats from that last stat video we did where Greg, uh, Lou was literally both feet in on your stats, your win rates. My top 10 stats. Lower and lower, yeah. didn't it? Your ten- yes. <laughs> I'm killing it now. I'm killing it. As the pod went on, it got lower and lower. I'm killing uh, it. <laughs> I, I think I've jumped like seven spots in the world. I mean, I might be in the top 1,300 in the world now. It's very yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I saw your world ranking, yeah. actually. It was on that post. It's interesting. I saw that, actually. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it every week. Yeah. Are you the top? Um, is there any other? Are you the top Greg in the world rankings? <laughs> That's a good it's question. Not- He's always got some stats. The, Who the would most ever important know that stat in the world. <laughs> who's the best Greg in the world? Uh, there's, a, there's a there's a Gregory McKay who's 992. Ah, um, never heard are, of him. Think he's injured. Yeah, yeah never heard of him. <laughs> And you're at, you're close. He's within he's within reach. You put a couple of a couple. Uh, How can I market that? Board. Yeah, yeah. best Greg in the world. Best Se- Greg in the world. Second best Greg in the world. Second best Greg in the world. That'd be a great shirt, wouldn't it? Second best Greg in the world. Bring it. Oh god, we're derailing already, Lou. Um, mid round losing your swing. Explain to me what that means to you. What What does that mean to an everyday golfer? Because I I guess I know what that means, but I think there's so many meanings to that term. What, what, tell me what 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 makes you ask that question? 
Uh, I've been I've been known to occasionally lose things in the middle of a round. Uh, well, and that could mean anything. I could mean I block one 90 yards right. It could mean I hit one off the hosel. It could mean I hit four inches behind the ball with a hybrid. Uh, there's there's any number of things can happen and, and go on. But typically, I mean, you know, you're you're playing and you don't have to be playing really well. You can just be going out there and playing relatively reasonable typical golf. And then something happens and you are just, you can't, it doesn't feel like you're holding a golf club anymore. You're yeah. not even sure what's in your hands at the moment, what what's going on. So that, that's kind of the, uh, you know, the genesis of this topic, because I, I think we've all been there in some respect. And I think it's a, it's a good one, especially to, you know, hear from somebody like Greg, who does this professionally as a living, um, you know, as, as we know, he's the second best Greg in the world. Uh, so he's going to have some really good insight <laughs> if in only, that position. If, if only we could get the other Greg on. <laughs> Guy's awesome. I'm, Can't me- beat him. I'm messaging him now. <laughs> Number one, Greg, please come and talk to our Greg and help us. Yeah. Um, so let's define losing your swing because it doesn't have to be losing your swing mid round, could it? It could be hitting one out of bounds, which is a one-off shot and on a hole where out of bounds is very much in play, and then you may be losing your head uh, and and it all affecting everything going forward. Would that be fair as to put into this category as well, uh, Lou? Yeah. Yeah. And it could be, I've seen this, uh, so for people listening, you know, there'll be lots of different ways you can lose your swing is, because I don't think people lose their swing. That's why I'm pushing on the question. I don't think people lose their swing. As you know, they have a variance and their variance just plays out. So basically their swing just plays out. Yeah, it might feel like they've lost it then, but they that period of loss just comes on cycles of every, you know, 22 holes or every seven holes or every 34 holes. It, 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 that cycle just comes. Um, so it could be things like I, I see, one of the common ones I see, and I reckon this one probably relates to your standard, Greg, a lot more, is, you know, you hit a couple of shots in really close and then you don't make the putt and then you hit one into four foot or something really close and you miss the putt and, like, the frustration levels of what you're expecting, the birdies you're expecting to make that you're not making. Because that's the most common head-off I remember with good players and still with good players talking, hit the ball great, didn't hold anything, that kind of. Mm. So it's how you manage those ideas of what you should be making and not. Is that fair, Greg? Is that a frustration yeah. you'll see your compadres and you have? Yeah, I, I know a little bit about. I, I deal with this um, not regularly, but certainly, it's it feels like. Doesn't it feel like something is just bubbling under the surface a lot for a lot of golfers, where they're just waiting sometimes for that that one that goes out of bounds or that that putt that you miss. If if it's a weakness in your game, it's almost like you're just sitting there expecting that. Oh, when this happens, and then now the rails are off. Yeah, um, and and that happens. For me, it's my long game. I've chatted to a friend of mine, John Sendon, was top 10 in ball striking. It was really interesting. With his long game, uh, he didn't question if he hit it offline. He just assumed, well, I'm going to hit the next one straight. Okay. But with his short game and putting, it was the opposite. And I do the opposite with my putting. If I push or pull apart, I don't question that. I just go, rails aren't off. I'm a good putter. Yeah. But with my long game, if I hit one that feels a bit squiggly, a bit weird, I go, oh, what's wrong today? Right? Mm. I start asking the wrong questions. And it, some of this, I wonder if people, we, I've talked about second serve in the past, tee yeah. down driver, things to get it in play. Um, but I'd love to know what you guys do when you get in these situations where you start to get, I think you get derailed in your brain and you're like, oh no, what's going wrong now? 
yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really challenging and it's one of the challenges you face and you kind of have to embrace it somehow yeah i mean one of the things i always find interesting with golfers and i can't even bracket it to a handicap or ability kind of in buckets of ability i would say that i see it more with inexperienced or higher handicap golfers but i i do still see it as well with good players is their inability to adjust mid-round like i was always very good at if i'm hitting iron shots that i want to just feather fade you know like they're falling out of the air to the right i hit one or two that draw i'm now playing that draw or or I have a swing fort that makes that buttercut turn into a 10-yard cut, and I'm playing that. Like I'm not allowing any like any curveball thrown at me to have any time. You get no time. As soon as there's a curveball, I'm reeling you in. I am taking control. I am I've got swing forts, or I am aiming for that shot where lots of your everyday golfer. I mean, it's, it's, I've done tests with amateurs. I call them tests, but I've done things where I've, you coach people and it's sometimes it's too easy to just tell them the answer. Like you tell them they right. hit two pulls and you say, why don't you aim this one on the right? And I think, well, did they actually learn then? Did they even learn? Cause I told them and I reckon next week they might just do the same. But so I started doing this thing where I wouldn't tell people and I would see how many holes they would go making the same mistake. And then when we would finish, I would say, you didn't notice there that, you know, you made six approach shots in a row where you aimed left side because the pin was there and you've pulled every one of those short irons. Like, how could yeah. you not see that? Let's talk about how you're not seeing that. And then it made them open up a conversation more about how they would learn, how they would then take it forwards a little bit more. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it always amazes me how some golfers just will not almost panic quick enough. They don't have a panic button that they can switch on that makes things calm down a little bit. Am I making any sense with that? Yes. I, I want to jump to Lou and ask him, because I think what you're touching on there is, do you know what you do when you're successful? Yeah. What feels, what's, what makes you hit the ball half? How, okay. Um, like I, I just had this last week. I got a little squirrely in the middle of a round, wasn't happy with where, and I could, I knew I just wasn't, I wasn't moving well past impact. I wasn't keep turning, keep turning. My hands were trying to get a little more active. And so I really committed to that. But Lou, do you know what it takes for you to hit the ball half decent? Slash, uh, okay. No clue. <laughs> so, Lou, out of interest, how many like blocks? Because I know you're prone to a, like off a tee shot or you were at some period or you might still be where you could like, you could hit it seriously in the wrong direction oh, yeah, at yeah. speed. Yeah. How many of yeah. them would happen in a row in a round? And I mean in a row as in not like the first, the second, the third and fourth. I mean like you do two in nine holes or three in nine holes. Because if I hit one of them, I end it in another. Because I'm now not going to be playing an action that can make that shot happen. I'm teeing it down. 
my mm. path moves left and I'm hitting little cuts all day long now because that won't block. Get it to the house. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's my question mm. to you, Lou. Do you can you still hit three massive blocks in a <clears throat> round, or do you have a safety button that you can press that stops them as soon as one one happens? Um, no, I can, I can still hit some pretty wild shots, yeah. um, and can get it, get it going South, uh, pretty quickly. Um, it's, a, it's better than it was. Like I, I had that transition period as I was changing my movement pattern. Um, and in the midst of that, I remember, you know, the, 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 the darkest days were probably in June or July of this year. And the I had, dice. <laughs> I had, absolutely no idea where the ball was going to go on nearly every swing. It was just a it literally hit and hope on every swing with no idea if it was going to go left, right, high, low, cut, draw. It was going to go somewhere that way, but I didn't know where or how it was going to get there. Uh, and those were, those were challenging times, but um, it's a lot different than it was. It's a lot better now that I've, I've, uh, been able to take that new movement pattern from the driving range out of the golf course. Um, and I'm not, I'm not hitting the kind of shots that I used to, but I'm still prone to a bigness every now and again. And, and, and for me, and I think for most players, so much of what is going on is, is, is very much upstairs. It's very much up here. And we try to attribute something to, uh, you know, we hit a bad shot and it's not exactly how we want. And we try to attribute it to something in our swing. Ah, oh, I didn't keep my head down. Ah, oh, I didn't straighten my right leg. Ah, oh, I, I didn't release. I didn't open my head, you know, name it. Yeah. Right. And we have to attribute that bad shot to something in our swing. Um, when the reality is, is that, you know, what you think happened probably didn't happen. And, and the only exception I would say there, and, and I would say this somewhat begrudgingly, is when you get to somebody like Greg's level, maybe, maybe he's really in tune to some of those things. And in the heat of battle, he can he can tell that. You know, a, a 12 handicap that plays once a week and nine holes on Tuesday night, they probably can't tell any of that stuff. And they're trying to attribute a, a what is normal dispersion, like what is normal variance to something in their swing. And now that starts to turn the focus internally to positions and what I'm doing. And, and that just, uh, that just makes the problem even worse for most players is when they, when they start doing those things. So, you know, in my opinion, a lot of quote unquote, losing your swing um, is impacted in a serious way by that. Yeah. So I just want to pick you up on one thing there. So you say you still can have a big miss when you play mm -hmm. now, even with the work you've been doing. Yeah. Where, what direction is that big miss? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it, it's a snap hook. Or... No, it, it's, it's, it could be a snap hook. It could be a, it could be a block way right that, that goes even farther. Right. It yeah. could be, I, I, I can still occasionally with the club like chunk it like yeah. bad. So top and, and or chunk. So it's a, it yeah, could be a complete can, miss hit. It can be a complete, complete misfire yeah. yes so the misfires then i'm not they're they're a different animal let's leave them for the minute yeah but the directional big miss so you've mentioned so these are this is such an interesting conversation because i've had these conversations in lessons for years 
Um, <laughs> and they're frustrating to have because <laughs> getting them to answer the question is so hard sometimes. So let's focus on the big misses. Yeah. So I can understand a bit more. Okay. Yeah. You said you can snap hook it or block it. Correct. Okay? Now, can you do you snap hook it because you tow it? Or do you snap hook it because your face is way close to the path and you snap hook it and then the next one, the face is on line with the path, which is moving like 10 degrees right and it just goes straight right. Like you're telling me that you're... So basically I'm asking, is your club face got a variation of 20 degrees or is one, oh, yeah. a, no, oh, no, yeah. or is one a toe hook <laughs> and one a big block? Does that no, make sense? No, it's not toey by any stretch. Okay. Sometimes my my yeah. the variance in my face can Is be huge. can be pretty it can be huge. Okay. Yes. So question for you then, which will relate to this, and some people might make the connection straight away, but if you don't, I'll make you make the connection. If you have a pretty basic chip of a nice lie and you're like just off the green and you chunk it two foot, how many times would you do that in a round before you putt for more situations? But just just answer the yeah. question. You're chipping it because mm. you've chosen to chip it. Yeah, you right. chunk it a foot. Yeah. Yep. You, the next hole, you're in the same situation. So you could putt, but you're are you going to try a chip again or are you going to putt? Uh, I would be putting. For yeah. Sure. So what? Okay. Yeah. So I, I would as well. Yeah. So if yeah. I, okay. I'm going to chip a shot, but as soon as something goes wrong, I mean, I generally putt anywhere anyway because it's stronger than yeah. my chipping. So Mark gets the chipper out. So yeah, I get the chipper out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I have a safety button. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You have a club face that can deviate by 10, 15, 20 degrees, which is ridiculous. Like it's amazing. Ridiculous. It's, 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 it's a feature. Amazing. Quite a skill, Lou. Quite a skill. <laughs> so what's your putting off the green fix for that? You must have one. If you don't, there lies the issue to the question. How do you adjust when you lose your swing mid-round? Well, you have a panic button. You have a chipper. Yeah. You have a so when, what? What's your panic button? Because I'm hitting you know, one of those <clears throat> shots, and I'm not hitting one again. Yeah. What? <clears throat> what it used to be. So I, I, I'm going to answer that two ways. Yeah. What it used to be um, was I would I would drop down to a different club. Okay. Cool. Um, and I would I would even occasionally drop down to you know back then um, I had three wood and then three hybrid, yeah. and I would oftentimes drop down to three hybrid. Yeah, I could yeah. get that out there pretty good. Yeah. And it was way shorter, so I, I could make much better contact with it. So that was what I used to do in the past. Now, you know, my biggest issue is typically going to be with driver. Um, and what I, what I do now is I will choke up an inch and a half, two inches on driver, and I'll tee it way down. Okay. Um, I used to not be comfortable with that. You know, when I, when I teed it up on a pencil and I was getting that, you know, 12-degree angle of attack, 12 up, um, I couldn't tee it down, but now I'm very comfortable with that. And so now I can, I can take a lot of yards off, but do a lot better keeping it in play. And then the other thing that I do, depending on what's happening, I do a lot of practice, uh, in the way that, you know, Adam Young would teach. So I will intentionally try to strike the toe and intentionally try to strike the heel and intentionally try to strike it high or strike it low. And if I have a day where I start, you know, really, you know, having, you know, extreme heel contact um, or extreme toe contact, I'm intentionally trying to do the opposite. 
So if I'm getting way to the heel or I hit a shank, you know, I'm stepping up and I'm trying to hit the next one off the toe Yeah, yeah. Um, to, to help readjust and recalibrate those things. So th- those are the changes I make. So for anyone listening, Lou has his safety buttons. If you don't have these safety buttons, this is one of the reasons why you'll ask this question. And the chipping analogy to the putter analogy, I use that with so many students and it resonates. They don't know where it's going. And then as soon as you say, well, look, you duff a chip, you hit a putt. You've got a safety on the next one. You're just going to putt. Why have you not got that safety net for an approach shot? Why have you not got that safety net for a tee shot? Good players have those safety nets pretty much for all of the game. There are plenty that don't as well. Like I said earlier, it always amazes me just how so many golfers just are willing to keep having a go at something that they just blatantly can't do that well on that day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and that always just right. baffles me. I just think, why are we not just aiming left side of that green, take one more club, it a little cut. You know, the worst that's happening is going in the left-hand bunker rather than that 20-yard sling that you've started hitting halfway through the round. Like, let's just get that gone. If you haven't got those safety buttons, that should be where you're heading to the range and working on, like, straight away because you need them. And some people call that negative. I, I don't. I call that super positive because... There's nothing worse than being out there all day hitting shots that you don't know where it's going. I think the most important thing that's been said on this whole conversation is by um, is by Greg, um, top ten Greg. That's top what 10. we're calling him now. <laughs> top ten Greg, um, and and that is he uh, he mentioned his buddy John Senden, who's a great ball striker, and he would hit one offline, and, and he would even blink. You'd oh, all right, you know it happens. I'm mm. gonna hit the next one good. And Greg is that way about putting. He could hit a really bad putt. And just let it roll off of him and go, oh, the next one's going to be fine. And I think that is such an important part of this. And I think that contributes so much to people um, amplifying, you know, going off the rails by wanting to read into every little thing. And as soon as they don't hit one where they want it to be, or it's it's a big miss, they go into panic mode and they start trying to fix their swing and start, everything tries to be different. Now I do some of these things to try to recalibrate. Like if I'm hitting everything on the heel, I'm trying to recalibrate. But what Greg said, I think is the most important in all of this. You're going to hit some squirrely shots. And if you panic and react to every single shot you hit, would you be a better putter, Greg, if every time you hit a bad putt, you went, oh, my God, what's going on today? Am I going to be able to putt? Would you be a better putter? Uh, yeah, no. But I think, well, I, I I think when you're highly skilled at something, you don't question it as much, right? Mm-hmm. You don't ask yourself what's wrong. When you're low skilled at something, you do ask what's wrong. And that's where you do need something that is what you touched on, Lou, and Marcus touched on, a totally different movement pattern. So, Lou, if you're missed to the right and it's your, your inside path up on the ball and now you change that movement pattern to, and this is what I do as well because I am not the strongest ball striker and tee shots particularly I can have a decent miss. Um, I go to, and it's always tee down and move the weight just a little forward and I'm, my path now is 
totally different. And it feels different, and I know it, but it feels a little safer. It's a lower flight. It's let's get this thing cutting. I know I'm ruling out one side of the golf course with that. And I'll fix my path at the end of the day. This is about shooting the lowest score. Yeah, yeah. This isn't about the prettiest. This isn't the prettiest shot competition. This is the lowest score today, right now. And I don't feel good in this moment, so I'm doing this. And that moment could last nine, 18 holes. Yeah. You know, or it could last just a hole or two. Um, It's just about that real time awareness and then having an option to go to that is, hey, I practice and it could be a three wood, could be the hybrid. It's just a totally different movement pattern so that you can, I'm, I'm, I'm a better chance to hit this where I want to and shoot a lower score on this hole than I am trying to hit the perfect yeah. in and up driver nice and high. Lots of good players have a plan A and B. I mean, I played with Soren Kelsen last week or two weeks ago. First hole, he does. he's played with me. I don't think he's played with me once before, but I film with him. He hits a little cut up the first because we can't really see where it, I know where it goes and I tell him where it goes, but he can't see it. It goes over a hill. You, when you can't see it, you know what it's like, Greg. You're not just going to stand and smash it because you don't know what's over the hill. And then the next hole he plays a little cut and I said to him, you know, do you, is that your shot, a little cut, or you're just trying to keep that in play, aren't you? He said, yeah, I'm just, I can't see these mm. holes. They're blindish. I mean, no, they, you can only see like 20% of the hole. I'm just donking it down there. It's on camera. I just want to finish the hole. And then we get on the third hole, and it's a par five, and we can see it all. And he just goes bang, little bit of draw. And he says, "When I'm, when I'm, you know, when I'm confident, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna play a little draw. When I'm not sure what's going on, or I'm a bit anxious, I'm gonna play a little cut." They've got answers to the situations they're in. He's undoubtedly gonna hit it longer. His, his ball speed was three mile an hour faster when he was sending it. I saw him testing the club on the rain. Um, it was going noticeably further. Why would you not play that all the mm. time? Well, because anxiety doesn't allow him because he doesn't feel like he can mm-hmm. control it in situations. Amateurs, you know, I mean, what's interesting, Lou, with what you're saying, which confuses me and worries me, and this is where I think it it's so good when you work with students, how can you hit a block and a snap hook in one round are you telling me that your path sits at 10 right? Um, Does that make sense can... why I'm asking yeah. that question? Because you no. don't hit those shots. I Because mm. I don't think you hit those shots. I think you hit those results, but we're not actually finding out why you hit them. So was it a snap hook or was it a toey snap hook? If... No, no, it was a snap hook. <laughs> So your your path so your path so your path so your path sits ten degrees right, does it? As a as a uh, as a base. Because think no, about a block, no. you know the yeah, dynamics of impact, yeah. don't you? You understand? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're telling me you're moving your path as well by ten degrees? Um. Do you see what I mean? Sometimes... The fact that we can't answer these questions is the problem. No, 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 no. Um, when you have when you have an amateur that has a lot of speed that has variance, I, I can I can do a lot of these things, right? I, I have the ability to deliver club in some pretty unique ways. It's a gift. Uh, it is, yeah. a, it's a, gift, is a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. Um, and so I can have a lot of variance in in how I'm delivering the club. And I can hit you. Come play with me, and you're going to see, and you're going to go. Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So if you send if possible. you send me a data sheet of twenty drives, I'm going to see 
some big variant. If we do enough shots, like 100 drives, 2,000 drives, enough times the seat, we're going to see club paths that deviate by 10 degrees, are we? Because um, I know for a fact my club much. path's not going to deviate by more than 2 right. degrees. I know Greg's is not going to deviate by more than 2 degrees. Yeah, but the, sometimes the problem shots. with mine is is it might be, you know, it's with driver, um, I have more variance with driver, and I, I might be able to go 4 or 5 degrees one way or the other. Um, and if that's, if the center point of that is zero, that can create some pretty interesting things, right? Like, so if my path was, you know, negative five to zero, that's very different than a path being negative two and a half to positive two and a half. So you think right? it's moving from five to zero, like, in no, it's not moving from five to zero. It's moving from minus three to three. Yeah. Which is very different. So it's moving and six so, degrees in around. It can move six degrees in, in around. It can move. Yeah. It yeah. can move six degrees with my driver and, and it's crossing zero. So are and, you and, practicing then? Are you bearing in mind it moves that much? And this is a question I'm asking you, but I'm asking you as the everyday golfer. So for everyone listening, I'm hopefully there. I'm asking them really. Are yeah. you are you working on having a path that stays one side of the zero when it needs to? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've made even, a even huge if that's ten out to in or ten into out, like even yeah. if it's massive. Yep. I've made a huge change around that. And most of my, most of my focus has been with irons and my irons used to, if you remember when we had Jason on here, he told you I was kind of right around zero Yeah. Uh, and I would hover back and forth. And that's just not a good place to be because, you know, with the way I deliver the club and, and how the variance I have in my face, when you can combine the path being on either side of zero and the face being able to go either way, that creates a pretty wide pattern of shots. And so I've completely changed my, my path with my irons where it's a lot tighter. So not only is it a lot tighter, but it's on one side of the ball. And I've gotten very good at keeping the face between the path and the target. If yeah. you know, you guys know what that means. And so that with my irons, miles better than it used to be. Uh, and and getting that to translate to the longer clubs is, has been kind of the focus, right? It's it's for me, it's harder to do that yeah, yeah. with the longer clubs, but I've made huge progress in in doing that. And the number of wild, crazy shots that I hit now compared to what I used to is not even remotely close, which no, is why my index has gone from where it was to yeah. where it is now. But swinging at 99 miles an hour, it ain't going to go that far offline, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, short 99. <laughs> Yeah, it might Lou, be down there. there <laughs> Lou, Lou, is there a particular look or a tee shot that I got two questions? Is there a look or a tee shot that you hate? And are you aware, like in real time, okay, this is when I need to do something different, or do you try and hit the perfect shot? I hate a hole with OB on the left. Absolutely hate a hole with OB on the left. Because sorry, um, because you turn it into OB, or can you pull it straight in there? Um, I can pull it in there. Or uh, turn I, I, it. I, yeah, I can. Yeah, yes, right. I can do all those things. And I've always hated a. And, and I think it might be because but they're not the same things. That's what I so think. I, I think I might. It might. I may have been mentally scarred by a golf course that I played at for many years, a club that I was at, where the entire back nine was OB left on every hole. <laughs> ten, ten through eighteen was OB left on every single. I hole. can. 
Just listening to this conversation, I can confirm you are mentally scarred for absolutely certain. There's no doubt. Anyway, carry on. Uh, I might have been. No, you are. I am. So I can't stand. uh, And there's a hole at the club that I was at last year, the fifth hole. It's a par five. And I hit far too many balls OB left on that hole. It was just a It required a driver off the tee, did it? It was a Yeah, par five. Yeah, par par five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, so, I guess a par five. So would you, you would you adjust now though to get on that? Yeah. Game, so, I, so I I adjust now. Um, when I'm not playing, when I'm not swinging the driver well, I tee that one down and choke way down okay. and just right. run one out there and keep it in play. Why, yeah. why would you not hit a three wood off the deck out of interest on that hole? Oh, I can't hit three wood off the deck. Are you out of your mind? I can't do that. You not hit three wood off the deck. <laughs> Good at the, Knock no, a little bit of turf than the driver. A little bit of turf. <laughs> knock a little bit of turf up, but on the deck, but and hit a free wood. You you must still, 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 still. I was swinging twelve up with the driver, Mark. Fifteen up if you needed me to. And it's hard <laughs> to. Such <laughs> a good. Okay, it's well let, let's move awesome. on then. So let's let's take from that conversation for anyone listening. I mean, I definitely feel like you do need to have some safety nets. Personally, uh, I definitely work on that with my students. I get what. Uh, Lou is saying, and I agree, hitting the panic button on things that might be just in your variable, um, it can, you can definitely hit the panic button too quick. I get what you're saying, Lou, as in, oh, I overswung then. Now on the next door, I'm going to swing halfway back. I mean, I see people do that, which I think is the point you were making with panic. Yeah, button, I want to ask Greg a question. So, Greg, when you've been out there um, you know, playing for your paycheck and things have started to go south, you know, beyond making swing adjustments, is there anything you did differently? Like, you know, talking to your caddy more or less, walking slower, walking faster. Were there other things that you consciously tried to do to help shift you back towards, you know, the rails, not, not you know, not going off the rails? Yeah. So for me personally, I, I get fast. Like I start, like if I, you know, if I hit it offline and it's in the trees, I'll race to the ball. Cause you know, right. if I get there quicker, I'll find out sooner how much trouble I'm in you know and so I I really envy players who have the ability to be you know imagine like a Dustin or a Brooks who just look like they're gliding around you know the golf course and they just they almost look not interested yeah right and that intensity I'm too the other way too jumpy and so I I try and change my physiology to change my psychology so I slow down um I just breathe and and I and I kind of like I was taught very early on on how to be uh, not to get too into it, but how to be present. So I get present is always your senses. So I I might change my breathing. I might listen. It's either listening, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching. So I'd concentrate on my breathing and just chill out. And but it's really challenging, mm. right? It's it's really really difficult because your mind starts my mind starts to race and thinking about the future, and that's not what we want. Um, so and then that affects my golf swing. So like last week, I, I like had a really nice week. My caddy said to me, he's a very experienced caddy. And he said, and I, my transition was just too quick because I was nervous. And he said, it just feels like it's coming away off the ball too quick. And so I just smooth off the ball and all of a sudden it's, everything just glided. And, I, and it, the power was in the right spot and I drove it nicely. Mm. Just a tiny little thing and that you pick up on. But it's, it's really tough, yeah. right? And, but I try and change my physiology to affect the psychology is what I was kind of taught. You know, yeah, it's like just, that. just, just slow down a little bit. Um, let's just walk around and look at, you know, enjoy the experience. You know, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Um, 
but it's still very challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how- are you a talkative player out there? Do you talk more, talk less? Uh, I find I talk less when I'm tense. So I have to, and I almost get annoyed if my caddy tries to talk to me and I'm like, mm. and I don't know, I honestly don't know if it would help me if someone just said, um, hey, let's have a chat. And I'm like, I, I almost need to just do it myself and take control of that and just chill out. And it, I don't I don't need you to talk to me, but yes, I definitely, there's not a lot of chat going on, to be honest, yeah. um, on the PGA Tour. You'd be surprised. We don't talk a lot. Should I connect with your caddy and give him a list of probabilities that he can run <laughs> through with you when you're, when you're in that <laughs> That'd moment? That'd be so exciting. Greg's a one in <laughs> 700 chance of this shot. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm sure that would go over well. Sure <laughs> yeah, love that. yeah, can't wait. Yeah, so, I'll be punching. I'll be punching you through with yeah, you know, yeah, through yeah. my caddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how would you say, in hindsight, so if you were to look back over your career, and I, I know with students I've worked with over the years, and even just playing amateur and pro golf, but certainly amateur golf, uh, when you played at your home club with you know your everyday golfers, um, I would definitely see out of proportion reactions to bounces things that are unlucky because things happen that are unlucky. You know, it bounces out of bounds or how does it finish there in that bunker? And how did that bounce into the water? And I used to always just think, cool, you know, these people are on the edge because they've fallen off the edge. And just a second ago, they were coasting along all lovely, but they've had one bad break, which happens because the ground's not even and the wind blows and the rain comes and the sun shines and the birds tweet. Um, And they are literally off the rails. Um, how with you looking back at your career, how much of a reaction, you know, how much do certain bad breaks have you thought, cool, I overreacted to that? Or have you always been quite good at dealing with those kind of bad breaks that have obviously happened during your life? I've actually, yeah, yeah, I would say I've actually been okay. Yeah, I mean, you're a pretty chill Um, guy. Yeah, and, and here's the thing with that when your livelihood depends on your ability to focus on the next shot, like I've always said, Hey, I don't care how emotional you are right up until the point it affects your score. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to be emotional and get all out of sorts and then infects the next shot and then the next shot, well, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Like you just, you're you're hurting yourself. So I had, I learned very quickly that it wasn't very good for me to get all fired up about, Bad things are going to happen. Actually, in golf, it feels like sometimes more bad than good happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you have to learn how to adjust to that, and then understanding that is that's just part of the challenge. Yeah. You know, and and part of the part of the your job, which is to you know get back and focus on what you got to do. You got to be tougher. Yeah, yeah. You do. Right. Yeah. You, you got to be tenacious. You got to be yeah. really tenacious. So you would say so, you would give yourself quite good marks on that. You would say you you do quite well on that. I can't afford, I don't hit it good enough to afford <laughs> yeah. to worry about that. Right. Uh, Simple as that. I just, yeah. I have to, I have to be, I can't let people beat me because of that. Yeah. 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 So Greg, you, you've been playing golf at a very elite level for a long time and you super play high, in, super high, super high, um, second best Greg in the world at the moment. Um, so you play, you've played in plenty of programs. You've played with, you know, regular everyday weekend warriors. Um, and when you play with them, you will, you know, often, you know, you can, as an elite player, you're going to look at somebody's swing and go, Ooh, you know, we probably don't want to do that. But with on this topic, have you seen things through the years with amateur players, with them, quote unquote, losing their swing or getting off the rails? And you look at how they're handling the situation 
and just go, it's so obvious what you need to be doing. Um, you should just be doing this and thinking that to yourself. Are there things you've noticed with amateurs? Does, does that, hopefully that makes sense the way I yeah. ask that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think part of it comes back to they're not very aware. You need to be aware of what you do that makes you successful. And even if it's success for you is seven degrees left and a 25 yard cut, yeah. then be aware of that's what create that's what you create and you need to know what that feels like and how you move to create that um and we have most of us have you know the chance to see that through launch monitors you can you know hopefully you get an opportunity to get on one somehow some way um but yeah you definitely see amateurs uh you know going along nicely and then they hit one shot offline well that's just yeah losing their mind oh, i'm like it's so calm common. down it's yeah. more calm down calm, dude yeah. like you actually just played 12 awesome holes yeah um, double boat they make a double or even a triple and they're off 15 and i and that and literally the world caves in it's like yeah. oh the world like and i just yeah, think you're gonna do that that's why you're off 15 yeah but also i just think <laughs> right. like you, you've only dropped you've only dropped six shots to this point yeah you've dropped another three in that amount in one hole or because you were plugged in the bunker but like, there's a good chance you're still going to do okay today. Just let's calm down, breathe. Let's disaster. Yeah. Definitely, amateurs they hit disasters, don't they? In yeah, they minds. hit that panic button. It, yeah, and it's almost like I said earlier. It's like it's bubbling under the surface, and they're just waiting for it to go <laughs> off the rails. And and it's just a tough way to play the game. Um, yeah. You know, part of it would just be start the day with the expectation that hey, this could be an awesome day. Yeah. Rather than, oh, there's something's going to go wrong today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you must see it, Lou, Search. with your everyday golfers that you play. They must be the odd few that you've played with that just disproportionately get over-emotional about something that you're sitting there with your stat mind thinking, well, that was just going to happen. Like, I can't believe you're that distraught by that. I mean, you must see that in sure. lots of people you play yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Does the stat, is the stat hole stat hole himself? Like, do you go, well, I was only a one in 25 does, chance anyway. So does. <laughs> Why do you even ask that? When is the, the stat not stat holding? Yeah. It's just, yeah. You're just constantly stat holding. I've gotten so much better at it. Um, and by better at it, I mean, you know, understanding and having good expectations. Yeah. You know, understanding right. that um, uh, I'm going to, you know, have a, a pretty big variance in shot outcomes. Uh, and right. in the past, I used to really beat myself up over that and I don't anymore. Now, if I start, yeah, you know, if I, if I'm, if I never hit a green from a hundred yards then that's a problem, you know, I have, I have something going on, but you know, if I'm hitting a good percentage of, of greens from a hundred yards and, and I'm, you know, it's, it's somewhere where it's going to give me a reasonable chance at, uh, at making par. You know, it, it's not like it used to be. I used to be pretty hard on myself, and and uh, I I'm now much happier when I play, um, much more content hmm. when I play. I used to be, I used to be defined by how I played that day, and if I played well, I was happy, and if I played poorly, I was miserable. Yeah. Um. And now I'm happy no matter how I play. It doesn't matter, um, because hmm. I know that I'm going to have shot to shot, uh, hole to hole, and round to round variance. Um. And you know, I'm just, I'm going to have some bad stretches and some good stretches. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, right. and, and I think by, I don't play or practice anywhere near what I used to when I was younger. Um, and by 
having that approach and you know making some swing changes swing changes but having that approach has been a huge impact on my game and i've had some good stretches where in the past i i don't know that i would have had them because you know i would go on a two or three round bad run um and in the past it would have been you know you know doom doom and yeah, gloom yeah, forever yeah, yeah. And it would have taken me three months to crawl out of that hole <laughs> where now you know i'm done okay i'll see you tomorrow you know tomorrow i might show up and, and it could be the round of my life um yeah. and that happened this year yeah, i had yeah. the best ball striking round i've ever had um and that was after you know two months of playing pretty horribly so it's a huge, huge component for me. There was some. If you read between the lines, there, Greg, did you hear that? He's playing every day. I have a bad round. He said, "I have a bad." Yeah. Doesn't matter. I'll see you tomorrow. It's <laughs> always tomorrow. I'm at work yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah. I wish I played every day. Yeah. I'd love to play every day. So let's just. Wrap. I still. I, I, Go on, Greg. I'm sorry. I just can't wait to play with Lou and, and like just experience the annoyance of stat holding coming <laughs> yeah. at you left and right. Yeah. Like you're well, only a one in 40. We need to make and, that happen. Uh, yeah. Well, I, don't I, I bring my construction grade laser out to measure all my putts. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. The fun, the fun of it. Yeah. Um, one yeah. last thing as well, I would like to point out with this, which is a, it's a bit of a curveball idea, but I've seen it over years of playing with amateurs where having a better understanding of the rules is just one level of this that can allow you to keep your head on as well. Because I see people make a mistake that flusters them. They top it, they hit it out of bounds, they hit it in a stream, they do something. And then their choice of where they then drop or have to play that shot from or what have you, sometimes is just out there. Because you can see they're just in this mist of like, craziness and they literally just put one on the tee again and hit another one i think why are you doing that because you could drop it up there and get within 20 yards of that green why are you hitting it from back here where you're gonna have an eight iron in so just trying to keep level-headed on every aspect and that's one that's so common i see where people have a bit of a head off and then they don't think of the rules or don't have a good understanding of the rules um and they're dropping their penalty shot in a just a ridiculous place i just think oh my god this person has literally lost the plot. Like, why are they? Don't, don't you just lose your mind sometimes? Yeah, you do. It's like, like a car crash. Like, isn't so it? many. You've had, have yeah. you had a prang in your car. You get out and you. I mean, I haven't yeah. had a prang in my just car for years, mind. but you shake and you can't think straight. And was that me? Was that them? It, like, it makes you shake. And it's like yeah. people get like that. And I just think, come on, just slow down. Yeah. Do you really want to? Drop one of that my way? mates. One of my mates. So a pro. Yeah. Got so mad he punched a tree and broke his hand on the yeah. top. <laughs> Come on, like, that's that fifteen great, years yeah. ago. Oh man, <laughs> that didn't go well. No, <laughs> like, out of your yeah. mind. There you go. Yeah. Well, I think it's a subject that will resonate with lots of the audience. Uh, I personally do like students to have some get out clauses when things are going wrong. Use the putter from around the green if you're duffing chips, and you can apply that idea to many disciplines. Um, and absolutely trying to understand your expectations as well. Like Lou says, I think it's just such killer advice and that will help you then not get over emotional, hopefully about the drop that you should be taking wisely or that you don't punch trees and things like that. Do you see what I mean? It's if your expectations are, look, I probably might make a triple today because I play off 19 or I play off 15 and they happen. 
um, then they're not going to be such a shock when they come along if you're expecting them a bit more. And the other thing as well I always think is just remember that golf is frustrating. I mean, it will be. We lose more than we win. It's going to be frustrating. We hit plenty of bad shots. It's accepting that they are part of the game rather than trying to eradicate each one of them. And, and for often, and it's such a cliche, but there's some truth in it. You play with better players. They hit a bad shot, but then the next shot can still be decent where so many amateurs hit bad shot after bad shot after bad shot after bad shot. Um, they literally cannot um, get themselves out of that little rut for that hole. So being able to bend quicker, I think, is a is a good way of adjusting. There we go. How to... When your swing is lost, Lou, your swing, we need to look at your swing a little. Cl you're worrying me with some of the things you're saying about your swing. It's dialed right now, baby. I'll take both <laughs> of you on straight up. <laughs> Snapbooks up. and blocks. Absolutely Can't love wait. it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm picking a course without a bounce down the left. Yeah, I am as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All day long. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you in the next podcast. And hopefully, some of these tips help you get out there and enjoy your golf a little more next time.